This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, Matt Elliott here. Hi, Alan Smith here. Hey guys, Ian Hume here. Hi everybody, Jerry Taggart here. Be sure to watch Chris and Leicester Till I Die TV for all the latest Leicester City news and information. You can also subscribe on YouTube and various social media channels for the latest updates and news on Leicester City Football Club. Come on, you foxes! happen in 49, 61, 63 or 69 when they reach the final. But the class of 2021 have delivered. Leicester City are FA Cup winners at last and are history makers at Wembley. They have blown their rivals away. They have blown us all away in truth. Premier League champions 2016. The amazing... the weekend and is it at this point that 
pinching yourself to check something is real actually becomes self-abuse. I'm not sure, but I've been pinching myself an awful lot. But did Leicester just win two Premier League games on the trot? I mean, I'm not. I wasn't imagining that, was I? It did happen. I didn't dream it. I've woken up this morning. I've been, I've been checking, been checking the BBC and Sky this morning, and apparently we did it. Good evening. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Find us Facebook, Twitter, and on YouTube at Leicester Till I Die TV. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't done yet, please give us a subscribe. It really does help us, and also um, smash those likes. And if you're listening on catch up on podcast form. Amazon, Apple, iTunes, Google, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or your favourite podcast platform. Thank you very much for listening. Here's where we are. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow, and join in now. Broadcasting live worldwide. Were you worried? Leicester City won, Leeds United nil. I did have a feeling we were going to end up uh, with a nil-nil draw. Mind you, I guess we just ended up last on match of the day anyway. And let's say good evening to my special guest this evening on the Opposition Show, Carl, uh, a Leeds fan. Good evening, Carl. How the devil are you? I'm for good. Thank you for, for inviting me. I've just come back from Huddersfield um, seeing my family. So I couldn't do the Friday preview show because I, I went down to Huddersfield. So I was exhausted traveling from Scotland. Always, that, that's far. I mean, that is very nice. I go to see my family and it's Leicester. If you ever want to do a family swap at all, yeah, I'm up for it. You know? Oh, no, I don't think you'll cope with my nieces and my nephew. I don't think you can cope with me. I can deal with it. I don't think you can. But no, it was my, it was my sister's partner's party, so I went back home for the for yeah. few days. I don't think, I, I think I'm past. Is it Copacabana Beach? I think I'm past doing that anyway. Yeah, you're past that, yeah. yeah if, if, I, if I walked on Copacabana Beach, the tide couldn't get in. But listen... Oh. Tell everybody where they can find you, uh, Carl. They can, you can find me on Twitter at CarlEven92. That's my personal one. Um, you, everyone knows my co-host Douglas, myself and Douglas. It's not been for a while, but we we do a podcast show, the Totally Levy and Horn uh, uh, football podcast. So we're on uh, YouTube as well as Facebook and Twitter. Uh, we're on, at, uh, on podcast platforms such as Google, Apple, Spotify, uh, and all the other podcast uh, platforms as well, so you can find us on there as well if you want to do it, if you want to catch up. But really? I am on most shows uh, during on, on different po- platforms during the week. I think we all are, aren't we? We used to have a life, and then we started doing this. You know? <laughs> Say yeah. good evening to Mike. Big up, Mike. Thanks for joining us. Mm. Now, Mike's a Manchester United fan, and that's... Uh, <laughs> oh. Um, yeah. Hey, I'm sorry, Matt, but I'm sure the Leeds fan actually probably feels happier than you do at the moment. Oh, I'm a lot more happier. And I was listening <laughs> to some of the calls on some radio stations last night when I was driving back, driving down, driving, and I was like, yep, yeah, you, everyone's complaining. And like, this is what why this is what I paid the, the pay for. Like, <laughs> you know, so, Payback for yeah. you. 
I, I think it's just unfortunate. And Mike knows. I mean, Mike's one of the nice guys, but there are a lot of Man United fans that kind of live in this world that Man United didn't exist before Alex Ferguson. And that's all they've grown up with with this kid. Yeah. And, it, and it was amazing success, but not as bad as Arsenal fans. But we'll come on to that another time. <laughs> uh, Spencer, good evening, sir. How the devil are you? Welcome along. Thanks for joining us. I've got rid of our little uh, Chinese bot friend. So, um, We'll, 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 we'll make a start. So it was, like we say, 1-0. Um, oh, sorry, I should just say, sorry, before we go on, uh, RIP to Franco Farrell, uh, ex-Leicester manager, ex-Manchester United manager. He's passed away today, age 94. So um, RIP, Frank, and all our wishes to yourself and your family and friends. Um, good evening, Scott. Welcome along. How are you? Um in the, oh, you become you slowly becoming a Leicester fan, are you, uh, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> he also, in fairness to Mike, he also supports Newport, which I hate. Right, fair enough. He, the Beatles in the FA Cup a few years ago, so yes. I'm not gonna, yeah. Yeah, they beat us as well in the FA Cup. She never stops reminding me, but I don't think either of them had a good weekend. So. <laughs> um, and he says, yeah, yeah, Frank, true legend, managed both our clubs, amazing, amazing guy, RIP to him. Um, yeah, I mean, 1-0, do you think that was a, a fair reflection of the game? Um, not really. I, I saw this as a draw because it was mm. interesting what was the first starting eleven for Jesse March. Uh, you know, so it was going to be used around because we had the Bielsa, Bielsa till I die fans, you know, on a on fraction of Leeds fans, you know, didn't want to, you know, didn't want his job to be there, you know, but yeah. it was hard. It was a new era. We, we didn't know what we were expecting. We all expected similar to what Bielsa was going to be. But would he expect to be a better defense? Better defense, seeing that nearly the whole game. I think mm. that somehow was the was the difference we've seen the last couple of games. How much we've conceded over fourteen goals, you know, and yeah. it's just, you know, so it's made a huge difference, you know. And I think the players did did really turn up. But I think yeah. there's two players I don't think I disagree that they really did turn. It's mainly Rodrigo. We spent a lot, thirty million pounds for him. He's not paying. He's not being worth. He's not being paying the pennies back to us of how much he can be. You know, he was yeah. supposed to be originally the long term replacement for Pablo Hernandez in the attacking midfield, but he needs to be better up front as well. I think Rafinha's had a bit of a stink in the last few games. It's not being the same. I think what what is the situation? His contract situation at the moment it's kind of been stolen a bit because I've been mean, here rules mostly. Speak to my good friend and co-host Douglas. It's like. He does feel like some of his his local players, the Brazilian players, Fabinho, Allison, has tried to poach him up to try and get a bit Rafinha to Anfield some point this summer. So there's been a lot of issues about the contract situation, but the but they just basically but the shape the defensive shape was a lot better, and that's mm. something we have not seen for 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 quite a while, not for a long time, and it was really vital for us to see I must that. Admit, I was very. You're always concerned when you play a team that's just got the new manager in because you get the new manager bounce. I, I wasn't sure. I didn't really know a lot about Jesse March, to be honest with you. Um, but obviously, American coaches haven't exactly got the best track record. Um, we in, all in know. But he's obviously, as you said, and, and Connor, who did the, the, the watch along with me uh, on, on on the match, He's, he is very much in Bielsa's image, if you like. You know, he plays a similar yeah. sort of game. 
yeah, he does. And Jesse March has been here in the U in the, in Europe for quite a long for quite a long time. So he's been learning mm. a lot from the managers in based in Europe because he has played with one of the one of the first team the first team coach long time ago when he was in the US. And I think he was playing at the time when Beckham when David Beckham moved. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's learned a lot of being under the Red Bull football tree. Uh, started mm. at New York Red Bulls. You know, went to Salzburg, had a very good, uh, good, uh, two good two seasons, winning, you know, both the league and the domestic club, and developed players like Pat Sedaka and Erling Haaland as well. So yeah, he's been more like in, in Bielsa's mold, kind of Bielsa's mold in the similarity. But what we do see the difference is Jesse March does have different tactics, different plans. If we don't, if we like, like Bielsa always had plan A, plan mm. A plus, we keep attacking more, but we we were vulnerable. I think March does have different strategies now that we have done. I think we dropped the man marking, which is what has been Achilles' heel this this year, this season, a lot more than it has been. And we went a bit more zonal, a bit more pressing. And I think that really helped us a little bit during the game. I watched most of the game on Saturday. It looked mm. a little bit a little bit more of the Lee side, probably in the early days of Bielsa, when we did concede a lot of goals when we were in the championship. I do find that very interesting because we were talking before we came live and we, we touched on this point that we very much have had a problem with our defence because we've had so many injuries, like I say, nine defenders injured at some point. Um, but one of our problems was the fact that we were doing zonal marking and we were horrendous at corners. I don't, I mean, I'm not a fan of zonal marking, and we've gone back to man to man marking, and which is your yeah. more strength, yeah, which yeah. is your strength. Two clean sheets in the last two, we've only had three clean sheets all season, so I, I do find that very interesting. And Mike did mention the fact that you have just done us both in the FA Cup. And, uh, yeah, all right, Mike, you got to have you. You haven't got much to shout about at the moment, haven't you? Have you? So, I've got a quiz question because we do a lot of quizzes on it. Quiz question, Mike What's the similarity between Leicester and Manchester? Both the cities are blue at the moment, anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, boom, get in there, get in there, Mike. Uh, Cole, Cole says you could have um, taken Fred back with you. <laughs> uh, oh. oh dear. And Spencer, now, yeah, this is a very good question. I mean, book it for sale. I mean, do you, do you agree with Bill so having to go? It, it's a hard one because of, of what, and I explained to them on to most shows last week. What Bielsa, not, he did change the club, the players. He changed the whole of the city. Yeah. I can tell you this. For me, growing up near Leeds, I was born in Huddersfield. I grew up about 15 minutes south from Leeds. So about, you know, traveling this way. If you if you beat Leeds, historically Leeds has been more of a rugby league city. The football has not much history. We had a bit of history, but not much more history to the to our Leeds Rhinos or the Yorkshire mm. County Cricket Club in a way because it's a cricket, it's a cricket city as well. Yeah. So yeah. for that, it's taken a long time. We had really good success on the Don Revy, you know, back in those 60, mid 60s, 70s. And then we had that that, that season before the Premier League was established when Harry Wilkinson won the title under Eric Cantor, with Eric Cantona there. And then we had that bit, bit of success with Daryl Lurie, got to the Champions League semi-final. You know, this, it's been like brief successes over those years. And I think what Bielsa, you know, surprised when Bielsa came to the club, it it's, it did change the city. He understood what the city mm. is because Leeds fans are very divided. Some in some times in a way of where how things were run were going at the time. 
But I think when Bielsa came, we were all under one, one, we were all united for yes. good for good few years, which was the difference. I think those last few weeks, those questions between the older generation and the younger generation, that the older generation didn't want Bielsa to be sat. Some of the generation was very mixed. It was very yes. mixed. In my head, in my heart, I did not want him to go. But mm-hmm. in my head, I thought my head first that it, what choice do we have? We have, we got to save yeah. our season and we, and we had to go. So I was in two minds. It's been raw mixed emotions from that point. Mm. But I think we'll I think we will see if it's if it's the right decision. But I think Bielsa knew, you know, his time was going to be up, coming uh, into the season. We I think everyone knew that was going to happen. So did myself. But I, it was just, we didn't, I didn't know what wonder to do. if he went yeah. down whether he would have been the man to bring you back up again. No, I don't think he would have done. I mm. think he would have. He was done. I think he was done by then. I think everyone knew the club knew that he was going to go. He was. He would have left anyway because the contract. The contract discussion all came up before the Manchester United game, and that's when I think the signs were signs were coming. But this year it's been a lot more alert because we did not know because yes. I don't think he was going to spend beyond the fourth season. So it was a gamble we had to take. If he, you know, but I, I think mean, he knew sometimes a manager can only take a club so far, and then. You know that that that's it. I mean, I mean, I can't argue with everything you've said there. I mean, you know, we've been there, seen there, got the t-shirt with Ranieri. You know, yeah. May May he sort of winning us the the Premier League, which was something we never ever thought would happen. And then you know, less than a year later, he's been shown the door. Thank you very much. Good night, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. So because we were getting like you, we were in a um. A relegation zone. Funny thing was, I was watching. Um, I'm, I'm I'm sort of a YouTube addict, you know. And I sit there and I click on a YouTube, and it draws you in. And you suddenly sort of thirty little short videos later, it's three in the morning, and you've you've ended up on ships crashing in Turkey or something. But yeah. I was watching when England played um, Argentina in. Uh, it was a friendly, I think, in Switzerland, and Bielsa was the manager. He was. Not a bucket in sight. I mean, <laughs> do you think March is going to go down the bucket route? I, I, I don't know. I, well, what I can tell you that I think I, we've not, we stopped selling the buckets now at the club soon store, so that is now... And <laughs> you actually sell the buckets, We did sell the buckets. We did sell the buckets too while he was still there. I think that's done. And also, his translator slash analyst has now left, left his role, so... You know, and he actually he actually liked my tweet when I said thank you for for everything. He did like my tweet though, so oh, I gave him a bit of credit for that because I think, you know, I think Bielsa was the man of the people. He was a man of leads completely because, you know, like I said, we had like thirteen previous managers could not do the job for us, and it was so horrid. And I think he gave us that belief that there was hope for us. And yes. I like we never we didn't even know where we were going to be back in the Premier League. We didn't even know we didn't know it was going to be no. back. You know, and took us two years ago to get back. You know, you know, with him. Well, I can him. remember, you know, playing Leeds in the third tier. Yeah, you know, and we've been. I mean, I just, I must just quickly show you this. This was the promo that I did for the 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 watch along. <laughs> I, I couldn't resist that. That's fair enough. Yeah. What one man, one man's journey to find his bucket, but I mean, we're very, very similar. I mean, you live the dream under David O'Leary, and yeah. probably not in the best way. I mean, yeah, you had it, but you we wasted you, you put the, or you put all your money on one horse there, didn't you? Yeah, we you did. know, and you didn't quite, you didn't quite come off. 
Uh, and there, for the grace of God, goes a lot of clubs. Um, and we've been, you know, Leicester City, we've gone out of business once. We nearly went twice, if it wasn't for Milan Mandrich coming in. Uh, and we've ended up down in the third tier as well. Um, uh, I think Steve Howard got a, a last-minute goal against you. and Because yeah. we went down and we were quite lucky we came straight back up again. Yeah, you did. And we had, it took us three seasons to, for us to get back up to get from, from the third tier back to the second tier. It took us three seasons. It's difficult, though, isn't it, when you go into these lower divisions? You know, so we've all, we've been there. We you know, we, we've suffered. And a lot of people don't like Leeds, but I like... You were big. Let's not be let's not lie. Under Don Revy, you were, you know. Yeah, I agree. No, you were, but that was then. You know what I mean. And this is now. But I don't find a lot of Leeds fans a, a bit like the Man United, a bit like the Arsenal. Well, we should be big because we used to be big, sort of thing. You don't get that. I don't find with Leeds fans anyway. No. You know, it, I, I was glad to see you come back up, and I like to say, I mean, I, I love Everton to go down. Not that I've got anything against Everton. But just that I like to see the big clubs go down, um, and sort of leads. But you've you've you have really suffered. You you certainly almost copying your neighbour Sheffield United. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think with the, everyone says about the second season syndrome, and it's been and I, it, it was in the back of my mind with that one because I think our transfer window Talk was not the best. Was not the best, and we really mm. we really screwed up the transfer window. And I think as well. I think with our ownership as well, which has been an interesting one, is because we have fought with Razani, who owns majority of the, the club, while we, the Sans of the 49ers, the Sans of the 49ers, own the minority state. And I think this was more influenced, that decision that, that Bills had to go, was more influenced by the, the 49ers because Razani said something was not right. And I think some, someone from the exec board at the point that said, you need to do something here because this is not working. This is not where we want to be. We put our money into this. You invited us. And I think what it results in, in the next, probably the next couple of months, maybe within the next year, this year, next year or two, that the 49ers will take ownership of Leeds United. That will happen. Yeah. Whereas yeah. Arnie is not, is not a, his only net worth is about half, 500 million pounds. Yeah. I think yeah. the, the ownership of the point. I mean, that, these days you need the, you know, you, you can't really work in the Premier League unless you've got owners with a bit of money behind you, you know. Yeah. Connor, good evening, sir. How the devil is? Thanks for doing the watch along uh, with us for the match. Um, sorry it didn't go your way. Have you, I would ask you, have you stopped crying into your hovis yet? <laughs> All I got to say on that, Statman. Good evening, sir. How the devil are you? I hope you. Well, I know you're not very well. Uh, you got the yeah. the, old, uh, the old COVID, so I hope you are going to feel better soon. Uh, Dorco Don Revy was a Leicester fan. He, he certainly played for us. We had him. Um, that is true. He was a Leicester fan. I do even know yeah. that. So, yes. Yeah. He didn't. Yeah, but he didn't mind pinching Alan Clark off us, did he? <laughs> uh... Dan Turf Morehouse, who absolutely How are you doing, Dan? Dan, I mean, he wanted us to beat Leeds for you. <laughs> you know, we did it, and then you capitulated against Chelsea. What what is going on? But he does ask a question there. With Marsh now confirmed, do you think it's going to be an instant change or will it need a drop in division to find a new way? It's a good question with that one. I think it will be an instant change. But not as much, no matter what, if we drop down in the division, I think Marsh was our long-term, long-term long-term manager that we needed after Post Bielsa. Because mm. I think we needed that similarity. I think if we went for someone like Valverde, it would have been a very different 
really dead style and it would not work, it would not please the fans because these fans are the most not not the most patient fans <laughs> in the world. So you have to be, you know, but I think Marsh is right, man. We'll I think the club will give him time. I think, like I said, because what I said about the American owners, I think they will take away the summer and I think they will give Marsh a lot more time under them right he has was with Bielsa. Do you, do you think with your American owners, I mean, my first thought when I think American owners is the ESL, the Super League. I mean... I don't, I don't see that. I don't see that with our owners, no, because no. they're not there. Because like I said, the 49ers are a historical team because I'm an NFL fan, they're a historical franchise. They really care about the the inclusive team to make sure everyone has a fair, you know, fair chance. Mm-hmm. I don't think there will be more about the Super League thing. They would not care because they want Leeds to be fighting in the next decade or so where we get back to a bigger status to be in the Champions League again. So I think that's what they want. They don't want to be more the, the Super European Super League. They're not like some of the owners like Manchester United, not yeah. all Liverpool or Arsenal. So I think that is not to work for us. I think the 49ers are the opposite of that. So they want Leeds to be fighting, get things fair, square, mm-hmm. not be, yeah. be not giving, giving on, a, on, a, on a silver platter. Great. We're just going to take a quick break. I did say before we came, and we have got a new, for anybody that's watching now, we have got a new section um, in the show. Um, people will know that I've kind of introduced this over the last um, last couple of shows, but let, let's give it some of, of, official backing here. <laughs> Welcome along to the How Long Since Spurs Won a Trophy moment. And I can tell you that, and I have got a life, but I can tell you it is 14 years, seven days, one hour, 53 minutes, and just clicked on to 30 seconds. <laughs> we'll give you another update later in the show. <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to make it official. Got to make it official. Um, you've had, you know, you, you've been there. You're not a, a sacking club. I mean, you know, you, you've... Bielsa's come up, you've given him a season, a bit like Sheffield United did. Um, and again, regular viewers of this show will know my thoughts towards Watford and Norwich. I mean, I just hope they just pee off back down the division and stay there for a couple of seasons because they're not giving it a proper, you know, <laughs> attempt or even having a go. I mean, um, but you know, yeah, I mean, I remember Simon Grayson was your manager, wasn't he? At one point, I was talking was. about that on Saturday, ex Leicester captain. Yeah, it was. It's very surprising he's played for both clubs. I think Grace has had a better win win rate record than Bielsa, just about actually. As I saw that, I think Bielsa had forty something, forty two percent. I think Grace and the revenue was higher than that. So it was very interesting to see Simon Grayson, who was at the club for a good two, three years, I think, as well. Mm. But had a very win rate as well. So yes, you know, yeah. it's, I'm glad to play for both clubs. I think Grayson. Start at Leeds. Grace started at Leeds, just like you know, and he yeah. played at Leicester. So during his late career, I mean, looking at the match itself, when we did, you know, we I think had it ended up, I could see it being a nil-nil. To be honest with you, um, I, I mean, you know, if we look, let's just get sort of the stats up here. Um, I mean, the, the, these are the stats. I don't know if you you're able to see those at all. I there, see it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, the possession doesn't really matter much. I mean, that was almost 50-50 anyway. But 19 shots, um, 
<laughs> two hours seven. And I know the one stat that matters is how many of those not only were on target but went in, but that was a hell of a lot of shots. And that worried me from Leicester's point of view because I think, you know, if we if we were to do that against Chelsea or against Liverpool, we would get, like yourself, hammered. You know? Yeah. But you you were going for it. And it was, as I was, my take on the match was we would have 10, 15 minutes, then you would have 10, 15. Then we'd have 10, 15 minutes, then you would have yeah. 10, 15 minutes. But you just didn't take your chances, did you? No, we didn't take our chances. That was a disappointing thing to recall this year. And I think because of not having Bamford there and not being playing James as a false nine, you know, I think I think Marsh was short of options in a way. And I'm not going to blame it. was his first game, so he was short of options. So he had to choose what he could. I think he would go different from the after from Villa game with Villa onwards with that. So you know, I, I will admit it was we had a lot of chances. I think that was our first. First time in a while we've had a lot of chances and we've never been nearly like 19, 20 shots, nearly close to 20 shots yeah. for quite a while. I think it's been a lot less than that for what I, yeah. I've seen. Yeah. But no, I think we just had a lack of uh, a lack of clinical finish, especially from Rafinha, who had a very close shot that he could have scored during in the second half. I'm not going to lie. That could have been, he could have been better with that. But like I said, players like Rodrigo, who expects to be a big winner from having Marsh on, under him now, he didn't deliver. So that's the disappointing thing in the, that he needs to react. But I think with Bamford now coming back to full fitness, in a way, we're seeing how, how fit he's going to be if he plays against Aston Villa on Thursday. We'll see. But I think because of the spider of the team, we've lost like Cooper, Phillips and Bamford. They're the spider of the team. And that's why I think these are really, that's why we struggle so much. But I think, but I think Phillips is not fully on his way back yet. He's not for what I last yeah. heard, but I think Bamford is close at the moment. I think Bamford is very close. I think he'll probably attempt to be in the last in the last couple 10, 15 minutes of the game against Villa on Thursday. We'll yeah. see how how the lineup's going to be. Like I said, though, I mean, and this is the problem, I guess. I look at the nineteen shots and think, but yeah, we let you have nineteen shots, but and you've just alluded to it there. Only four of those were on target you know we had we had seven shots and we had four on target and that that's the difference in this league if you're not getting those shots at least making the goalkeepers work you are going to struggle yeah yeah absolutely and i also agree i think like i said Meze didn't have a lot much to do in the game to quite honestly uh, until that moment he could i don't know he could have done better than for the goal for the bars goal I think it was it was just like very lucky because I think the defense just switched off at the last minute. Mm. So I think it was a bit of a late reaction from Mezier. But like you said, he, he didn't have much in the game to do. That is a bit surprising because when he has not much in the game to do, he mostly parries his shot or error chances. So if, I think he's if he's like second behind the gear, the most shots he's been faced in the Premier League this season. So that, that was surprising. He only had four shots faced to him. On target sat there because he does he has a lot more than that. So no, it's well, a huge thing. That, that's Leicester at the moment, unfortunately. Well, yeah, fortunately for you, unfortunately for us. Um, I mean, he got his hand to the save, so he, you know it was it was just. Uh, I mean, you know, Barnes. I think now has equaled the record of scoring in his first four games against you. He scored in all four games, and I think that's that's a joint record. Andy, good yeah. evening, Andrew. How are you? Says fantastic support. I've never seen so many coaches outside the King Power. You always have. I mean, I'm I'm sort of in my early sixties now, and I remember, like I say, the Revies and those years. And 
you like Leicester because you're like you're a one city club, and you've you do have and you've always had an amazing away support. Yeah, oh no, absolutely. I think we average to take like three thousand fans quite a lot to be yeah. going to the games. So that's why I weigh ticket policy is so limited. You can't even you can't even you, you can't even get a ticket for a away game. Um but no we've always had fantastic support uh January we have done even though we were down in the third tier we still had a lot of good grants really huge support where we went, went to away games. That has been a vital thing for us and that's what yeah. I think the way fans have been more it's more of a makes a difference for our team to ground yeah. with you because they're very vocal. So you know, but yeah, it's just again as well. Are we falling apart again? Yeah, we know that song. <laughs> and my United fans were singing to us last the other week. Feel like they, they won something and then they lost to City. So City United will fall apart again with that yesterday. Um, but yeah, All I can no. say about Man United is they 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 changed the driver, but they're still going down the same road. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's the risk, obviously, when you do change a manager, is. What difference is, you know, sometimes it works. Watford, it never works for them. You know, getting rid of a manager when they're in 12, how's that worked out for you, Watford? <laughs> but, you know, Man United, they, they're no, you know, they're no better off, I don't think, than they were under um, Ollie. Uh, under Ollie. And you've got to, when you're taking a new manager on, you've got to show some improvement. And, the, the, I mean, you know, looking at your game... That, like I say, I wasn't expecting that at all because I thought, well, new manager syndrome, but he's not been in the Premier League before. He's not been in English football before. And you you gave us a real go. I'm like, hey, this is Leeds. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What Jesse Matt said on Thursday, I really kind of enjoyed his press conference. He said, he doesn't, you know, he, he he's about he's the stereotypes with, with American cultures, with Ted Lasso stuff. You know, but yeah. I think for him, he, you know, I think that's why I think now they now try to be more with the, with the term football over in the US than it was in the soccer. He's now coming here. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm good. I'm, I've watched all these the managers. I'm doing studying them really hard. I'm not like some of them that in the US how they the the, the the terms and stuff. So I think that's a big difference for us. And I think having him, I think you know, he was he was he was linked with the job for the last few years. He was. He knew our director of football last year. We were talking for the last two years about this. This could happen, you know. So this has been an ongoing thing, but you know, we'll see. We'll see then how it goes this the rest of the season. But I think even though with Burn losing on Saturday, so did Norwich as well. You know, the one thing is I'm worried about how Brentford re- how Brentford responded on the Saturday when if. Winning, yeah. winning three one against against Norwich, so it, the pressure's on us now, trying to get the points that to get really vital points now. What, what, what's, your, what's your running like? So we have Villa on Thursday. I think we have Norwich around that time as well. Before we wow. get to mid-April, we have Chelsea, Arsenal, and I think Man City within the last three games, and wow. then yes. the last game of the season against Brentford, and that could be. And it depends if we're still in the relegation battle. That could be the side between ourselves and them and Burnley and Newcastle. Yeah, I, for me, I think Newcastle are, are probably safe. But to Dan, Dan from Turf Morehouse, Elton Watford's hits. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of things here you've got to look at, Dan. Peeing in the wind. I suppose is that his version of your song that was peeing in the corner. 
those of the know Dan, those that when he wakes up in the middle of the night, he can't quite make it to the toilet. Goodbye, Premier League Road. I think coming from a Burnley fan, that's a little bit uh, a bit too close to home for you. Um, Looking at the team, I mean, when you looked at your team that 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 started, and obviously Bamford wasn't fit at all. Otherwise, I think they'd have brought him on at some point. Yeah, happy with that team. Listen, I think at the time we we didn't have no choice. I don't think he was going to change as much as he was in his first few days of the training. I think he wanted to keep the same as it could. I think what could have been different as it could have played the 4-2-2-2 as we've seen. It don't work on Iran yet. But I think he wanted to give his players a chance. I think Koch, who's been playing a lot in defence midfield, I think because Lorente was in out injured. I think he had a little bit better as well. But I was happy with the team because I think Dan Jays has been, been running up and down. I think he's been our best player this season by hand in the way over, along with Rafinha. But he's been more... Put running to the ground, he really worked work his socks off. So for that, it, it, you know, it was what we could see in a way, but I think there would be a bit more better emphasis on our marking system. That was the thing we needed to work with that team again yes. on Saturday. I mean, when I spoke to Connor, he very much was, you know, surprised that you know, Dan James was being, well, he's played up front a few times, but he, obviously that's not his preferred position. No. And yet... You know, when I, when you go on the BBC site after the game and and the fans can vote, you know, for the give the point the the point the God, give me teeth and give the players points. What do points yeah. make? Um, and and James was your top scoring player. Yeah, exactly. He 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 he, he wants to come to Leeds for a long long time, and I think that's why. Yes, we spent a lot of money on him, but I think it was the right investment because we need someone like him. Who will actually run run it all over the pitch, and he does that. He does that. He's Bielsa's type, and I think you'll be mm-hmm. you'll be Jesse March's type as well too. I think Jesse March will will play him more in his in his suitable role as a winger. I think that will happen. I think for now, until Bath is fully fit, I think he needs to play him as a false nine. But I think Joel Gellhart is you know Joffrey needs a lot of games. He, he mm-hmm. can see how much he can make a difference for a guy who's nineteen. He can make the difference in a way. So I think Jesse March will be looking at him carefully. And see who what will be so starting eleven on Thursday because I think girl that you know he's he's looked at Joe Gerhardt, he's seen how much he can be an impact player off the bench. So let's see if he can he can get a start again, get a start again. Cause he, I think his first game he first started was against Spurs. And that's the last time he started up front. So right. right. I can't be honest with you, because we, we've had a problem ever since we lost a certain Mr. Mares in filling that right and our right wing position. And I was Quite keen on getting, you know, James in because um, everybody knew he, he was leaving. But then the Man United fans were more than happy to let him go, and quite often that kind of that kind yeah. of sums it up. I mean, I thought Mesler again, you know, he 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 saved, you know, a couple of good saves he made that probably denied us getting a couple of others. He was only fourth, as I say, James, and no disrespect. You know, I, I do wonder why James was was your man of the match from my point of view watching it. But then when you when you look at it and I look at like the Leicester players, oh no, in fairness, Schmeichel was our <laughs> top player. Again, that's a credit to you because it shows how you know in, in a way. I mean, that second half, you came out. Oh God, it was like it was like you know <laughs> you throwing the throwing the kitchen sink at us. 
Yeah, I think that was a time where we in that that third phase of the game in the second half, we were trying to throw everything in. Actually, I think because how James will feed off anywhere he will come, he will push out when he comes back off. He won't go for it as a force. He'll come back a bit to feed the wingers in, like Harrison and Rafinha as well, to try and get them into the box as well in that final six-yard box in the way to just try to get the opportunity. I just think at the moment we, we know what we can do, but we just need to yeah. do better with our final with our finishing. That is the issue we have at the moment. And we've had that, and that's been Achilles' heel uh, this season. It really has been, especially without Bamford as well. That's been Achilles' heel because Rodrigo's the only recognized striker that I do know like a thing, and also Gelda, but Rodrigo's the, the recognized striker in that, in, that, in that squad. But Bielsa wasn't playing him up front. So yeah. I don't know. It's a hard one. It is, it is. And, and you may not have an answer to this question, because I don't, but what is it with second season syndrome? You know, you get, I mean, they call it that. I mean, I know teams come up and sometimes you're a little bit sort of, um, you know, you, you take the Premier League by surprise because you're the new team, you're the new kids on the block. Yeah. Brentford did it again this season, but they kind of had their second season drop a little bit earlier. Uh, Sheffield United did it last season We didn't, of course, our second season We won the Premier League But then not everybody can do that, can they? But no. I, just, I just like to sneak that in every I know you do I, I, And I give credit for that I, don't, I have no problem with that You get to sneak yeah. that in Oh, thank you But is it a case very much of sort of Hold, you know, like, like fingernails at the edge of the cliff Just holding on and just staying up for that second season And then building on from there yeah, it is. I think because our squad is still a core of championship players, and that's the issue we had. So we did not want to do the same situation as what Sheffield United did or what Norwich did a few couple of seasons ago. We did not want to go for the same approach. But could it have been better in the transfer market to get the players that we needed for like something? We needed a cover for Calvin Phillips, a light for light. Yes, we needed yeah. that, and we did get that. And that's we, we did get Conor Gallagher. We messed that one up. He went to Palace. When you get Lewis O'Brien from Huddersfield, who's having a really good season as well, you know, he's doing well. So there were certain things we missed. And I think we didn't focus much on our midfield because that was where we'd been light. And especially on our de defence as well. I think mm. we did need another Premier League uh, proven, proven defen defender. That was the one thing we lacked in. And Junior Firpo, I can, you know, he's not had his good season, but he's not played a lot of games when he was at Barcelona as well. He didn't play a lot of games at Barcelona over the last few years till he joined us last summer. So for that, it's it's just been the transfer market could have been better by the board itself because I think they were doing the wrong priorities. They'd be focusing too much on the facilities with the stadium, upgrading the stadium, what the training ground would be upgraded. They focus too much on that that they think about the playing squad. And I think that's what's been that's why there's that second season to start because we're not being invested much in our squad. Where Angus Kinnear He's a he's a really he's a really greedy bloke who came out before the Newcastle game. Oh, we don't want to buy first new players because we, it could harness our, our young players' development. It wouldn't because it wouldn't help them as well. It wouldn't help them improve yeah. as well. So I don't yeah. get the comments as well from now. So we really screwed up in the transfer market the last two transfer windows. So you know it's not if you do stay up this season. If you do, they have to prove it now. So. When you're under pressure, you need to get the players that we need now to replace some of the players that is, is not good after the next two years. But if you go down, do you think you'll be able to hold on to your best players to give yourself a good chance of coming back up? I don't think we. I don't think we can hold Rafinha. 
I don't think we can. Phillips is an interesting one because we know historically he's leads through through K through the academy, and I know last year he's his last year the year before he's Granny Val, who was very instrumental in if you watch the documentary Take Us Home on Amazon Prime. She died from she died of Hortulay from COVID, and she made a promise when Aston Villa tried to attempt to sign him. She said, "Please don't go. You know, you got someone. You got some good here." So, and he actually kept his promise. It's going to be a little bit harder. You can see a team like Man City could be looking at that. That that the players. Well, he's ball. obviously an England international and played really well. I know exactly. Mm. Exactly, and that is what we worry about. I think Bamford will go as well too, as well, because that's another good question. The player that we might be losing, not just him, not just Rafinha and Phillips. Bamford could be going. Could go as well too, because. We see last season 17 goals last season for us. That proved it. He can score the Premier yeah. League. It's just because of the injuries had. He's not. He's, he's just his injuries. But he can. He's proved he can score the Premier League. Could do good. Good job for a mid-table, maybe near top half team in a way. Bottom top half team. No, totally. Just some some four stats from the weekend. Um, it's the first time we've had two consecutive wins. Um, since October, um, since October, and the first time we've had clean sheets since well, in a year, uh, Leeds United have suffered five consecutive. Um, oh, Leeds United, yeah, five consecutive league defeats for the first time since April fifteen in the Championship under Neil Redburn. It does look dangerous when you've got those five red dots next to you. Um, yes. Like we said earlier, Harvey Barnes has scored in five consecutive league appearances against Leeds United, one for West Brom and four for Leicester. So he's actually got um, five. He has scored more league goals against Leeds than any other club. Sorry, just to rub that in. Um, <laughs> and Leeds haven't kept a clean sheet in any of the last 13 league matches. The longest run without a clean sheet since the 14-game run between March and August 16. I can feel I feel your pain with that one because that's been that's been our season. Have you been surprised at sort of Leicester's season? I can't. I'm surprised, but I think the last two years when you did get a chance to finish in the top four, it would have catched it would have catched up to you anyway. So yeah. there were two surprises. I think that's why I'm saying it's it's not surprising, but surprised because I think. In a way, you had the opportunity to be in the Champions League the last two years. It just didn't pay off. And I think yeah. it's just caught up. And you worry about some of your players who might be late. Like, you know, at least Wesley Fofana has signed a new contract, which is good for you guys because I know he's been instrumental for you guys the last last season or so, you know, and that's really huge. But like with Telemans, you that's one player I do worry about for you who's, who might be his contract is in the last 12 months. Yeah. And that is yeah. what you need to really keep those kind of players at the club when you do need to finish in the top half. I think if you do get to win the Europa Conference League, I think you'll get to keep some of the players. I think you will be able to keep the majority of the players. I think one yeah. to play will go, but I think you will play some well. But, yeah, I'm yeah. surprised how how you guys have been this season. I really am. And that really surprised because I, I did kind of predict Leicester Think in the top four. I think I didn't remember. <laughs> I I went for fourth or fifth again, but I can say it's easy. Well, I know Rogers doesn't blame uh, injuries, but we do. I mean, you mentioned there the Europa Conference League. Now, you know, there's there's, there's and I keep mentioning them, but it, it does keep coming up. Spurs didn't really want to be in it. No. Um, and I think they, you know they 
they could have somehow played that game if they'd really wanted to. I think they were, yeah. in a way, they were quite pleased that they could blame, you know, UEFA for chucking them out. And Arsenal are saying we'd sooner we'd sooner finish eighth and finish seventh than go in the Conference League. And I'm like, but it's Europe. It is still Europe. Yeah, but we want to be in the Champions League because that's where we've always been. And we won't attract good players if we're not in the Champions League. I said, you'll attract even less players if you're not in, the, in Europe at all. Yeah. And to me, that that kind of, that's the side of those, those sort of fans that I don't like. You know, you think, you, you know, you're not entitled to anything in this game. You know, we, we've both been in clubs that have gone out of business that have dropped down to third. As I say, the lead story is famous. Uh I mean, you, you'd love to be in the in the Europa Conference, wouldn't you, as a Leeds fan? I would, I would take that, and I, we were close to getting that last season. I would have yeah. taken that any time because I think it would have just established ourselves just slowly to see how the club was going to be of the of the what the ownership wanted. So I think yeah. I would have taken the Europa Conference by any any day for the time being until we did, we established ourselves back in the Premier League and just try to be more of a more of a we get more as established. League club in Europe as well, so yeah. for that I would have taken that. No, no doubt about that because I know people criticize the European Conference League. It's always a Mickey Mouse trophy, all that stuff. But if you don't take it seriously, you can get into the European League. You know, there's yeah. a chance to play in the European I mean, League. It's funny. Years ago, um, when, when Martin O'Neill was our manager, we, in fact, I think we beat you on the way to one of them. We you were did. in three League Cup finals in. Um, uh, in four years and we won two of them and at that point Man United were putting a second string team out um, I mean Jordi Cruyff got a game for them against us in the <laughs> and he, he couldn't get anywhere near the first team yeah. they did, totally disrespected it and then sort of you know we were we kept getting into Europe or we weren't doing particularly well well it doesn't help when you've got a bent referee and he, he was he was bent because he ne- we, he never played another game after that um for those Leicester fans that remember it uh, Atletico Madrid I think it was but you know suddenly the big clubs what you know they want to win it but back then they called it a Mickey Mouse club yeah, but you know, you you give. I mean, Arsenal, in fairness, have only been out that top four for you know one season. Give them the length of time that say you've been out the Premier League. They would be biting your hand off for the uh, for yeah. the conference. You know? It's true. Yeah. It's true. And I don't think the, the the name doesn't help. I think in this country as well because it's got the conference link, uh, even though that's not called that anymore. But the biggest thing here. Paul Dork says, whether you have Marcelo Bielsa or Jesse March or any other manager in, in charge, the old adage, adage remains true. If you don't take your chances when on top, you risk being punished. And that kind of summed the whole thing up for me for Leeds' performance. But there was plenty of positives for you overall. Yeah. I think we think more of the positive than the next. I think the last couple of weeks were so much more negative than the positive. Yeah, even though we scored two goals in Man United, that that don't that don't make it more positive. It's more how you how you 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 defend that defend that lead that that, that defend for the rest of the game. I think for yeah. the for Leicester, I think the game against Leicester, it was more positive because we saw how much the players did care and how much they really want to put performance in, and they had a better performance than we than someone was expected. You know, despite yeah. we lost one nil, so I'm I'm happy with the performance. Despite we lost the game in some performances, there's a lot. Like I said, there's a lot more to improve. 
now. There's, 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 no, there's no time for, you know, we've got no preseason. We've got the last 11 games or so now. Pressure's mm. on. Yeah. And it is good. Uh, you know, when we got um, Brendan Rodgers, he came to us with 10 games left. And you learn more about the, you know, um, Jesse Marsh will learn more about your players from these last 10 games than he will from any meaningless preseason friendlies. To be honest yeah. with you, but I've, I've, unfortunately, I know you probably don't want me to do this, but we are going to have to have a look at the table. <laughs> we'll, we'll I seen it already, but yeah, <laughs> we'll do it straight after this. Like we said before, if you haven't yet subscribed, please do. And just an update for those that are watching from earlier. It's now 14 years, 7 days, 2 hours, 20 minutes and 12 seconds since Tottenham last won a trophy. So just like to, like to keep the Leicester fans informed on that one. Oh, they're going to hate me if they ever come on the panel. This, I know. This is the... the, the, the you don't, you know, uh, it's not looking good. And those five red dots next to your name, they must that must be the most worrying thing. It is when you have a resurgent Newcastle who bought really, really good players at the right time. And look where they are now. And yeah. you're right. And you've seen Brentford winning as well, which is important. They have a better goal difference as well. So, you know, it's, it's yeah. interesting because out of all the other teams, other than the Norwich, who've lost more games, we have been a lot more disappointed, so I think for that we do need to try to get some green green dots on our board as soon as possible. Because, like I said, I, I, like I said, it's anything from 14th now now to go this year. I think Brighton, especially where they have been going at the moment, I don't know how. I think they'll be fine, but it's the teams probably from. I think Newcastle are safe. I can't. I don't. I don't. I think I'm, Newcastle are safe, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's from. I think it's from it's ourselves, Brentford, Everton, and Burnley hmm. are the ones we'll need to fight. I think they've, we've the, now the four teams now we need to fight to stay up. Now I think Newcastle are already done, so they stay. They've survived. Yeah. Although Brighton, like you said, I mean, you know, if you look at Brighton, they've not won in four. Uh, and they've got Liverpool up next. Uh, so you know, yeah. if Newcastle, if Newcastle beat Southampton, and you know, Southampton, they can have a couple of wins, and then you know, they'll lose like they did against Villa 4 0 badly. That you know, yeah, Newcastle yeah. pulled themselves safe and pulled Brighton into it. And I yeah. think that's what it is. I think it's consistency. Yeah, it is about you know changing these one nils into into sort of either draws or wins. But like I was saying to Dan at Burnley, you know they Burnley have got you know twelve. They've had twelve draws this season. If they'd turned some of those into wins, they probably they'd be safe. Um, I think. But yeah. that's what you know they they did win the couple, but then they're not one in three. And it's it's if you haven't got that consistency. Then that that's the biggest factor. But no teams apart from maybe Liverpool, obviously, and Man City, consistency it doesn't seem to be a, anything that, that teams can do this season. No, no, absolutely not. And I think because due to the with the sudden fixtures not being played due to COVID or injuries and so forth, I think because I think April's gonna be very vital for for the four teams fighting to stay up at the moment. It's mm. going to be vital because because the fixture congestion is going to be very, 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 really quick. So we need to be really prepared for that one to make sure we don't have certain key 
injuries or suspensions. That is going to be the worrying thing. Like yeah. I said, it's just looking at the table. Like I said, Leeds have one more win over Everton and three more, two more over Burnley. While Watford, Watford has got the same amount of wins, but they're still at the bottom of, in the 19th mm. place. So yeah, everything to play for. I think March. I think April's going to be between now and end of April's going to be the most critical time for for ourselves, Brentford, yeah. Everton, Burnley. I don't know about what for Norwich, but for those that goal teams, difference for you though, minus thirty two. There's only Norwich that have, have got a worse goal difference. Yeah, but you've let more goals in, sixty one goals. I mean, I and mean, we've let forty three in, which for our sort of position isn't good. But six, leaking sixty one goals, and it looks like he's started to turn that round. But that has got to change for these last. Few it games. will change. if we stay. That will change massively over the over the summer. It will have to change because mm. I ne- because I think we now we're just nearly we nearly nearly broke. I think we nearly broke the record. I think the record is still Barnsley in ninety seven ninety eight after twenty seven games. So we nearly broke that record. But I think now we have to improve that defense. Now and then it will be huge over the summer. Or who who's going to be there? Where we are, which, depends on which league we're going to be at next season. So for that is now that that defense has got to be improved, vastly improved. I'm going to have to ask you this because the last question, because we always um, always do at the, now at this end of this business end of the season. Who's going to win the league? It's a tough one. It's a very tough one. Uh, knowing my friend Douglas. And Steve as well. They're both local fans. I have a few no one to sit back. It's hard. I like both of the teams. They're very consistent. I don't know. I, I think City might edge this just again. And I think it will be like Wars a few seasons ago. It will be done by, it'll be by one point. At least there's a bit of a fight going on because at one point it looked like it was all over. And the all question over, you're probably yeah. dreading me asking, three that are going down. I think we know two of them. Two, Everybody's yeah, Watford and Norwich. Yeah. Well, it's a tough one because I thought Brentford were free falling until that win on Saturday. It's mm. kind of maybe a little bit. It's a hard one. Yeah. I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, Dan. If, if Burnley <laughs> don't win the next couple of games, I think they've gone. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to have to see. It's just the way I see it the more where Burnley is at the moment, especially that fall new drubbing from Chelsea. Yeah, and also losing two to Leicester. Yeah. I think I think it might be Burnley. Just and it depends how we improve. We'll see about that. Yeah, Anthony. Good evening. How the devil are you? Arsenal fan doing a watch along with me this weekend. Uh, he's gone. Unfortunately, Watford Norwich leads, but hey, Arsenal fans. What can you say? I've got your other question, Anthony. I'll come on to that in a minute. Um, Carl, thank you so much for coming on. I know. Believe you me, I know how bad this show is because I used to do the opposition preview, but I thought, well, let's do it a bit different this year. We'll do the opposition review after the game. And it's it's been really hard because this is the season. We've been losing so much. And to sit here, oh, it's, it's not resolved. I appreciate you coming on and being so no honest problem. and open. Thank you very much. Good luck. And I can say this now for the rest of the season, now that we've played each other. And hopefully... Uh, we'll be talking next season if we can. Hopefully, yeah. Depending, I might have to go on the Cardiff channel next season if that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but for the rest of the season, again, uh, I mean, your links are in the YouTube description below. Uh, but just again, just give a quick shout out as to how people can find you. 
again, you can find me at CarlEvin92 on Twitter. Um, you can find myself and Douglas on our Twitter channel on the Totally Leaving Home Football Podcast at LH Football Pod. Uh, we're on Facebook as well as YouTube as well. And we're also on, pod, on, on Catch Up as well on the podcast platforms such as Google, Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms as well. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on, Carl. Take care, stay safe. I'm not jealous of you just coming back from Brazil at all. I'm glad we beat you now. <laughs> but good luck for the rest of the season. I really do. I want Everton to be the third one to go down. I hope you stay up and I hope we'll be having this chat again next season, although maybe in happier circumstances. Take care, mate. Thanks all Thank you. and all the best. <laughs> Cheers. Thank you to, to Carl there. Yeah, his description is in the YouTube link below. Um, be sure to uh, to give him a follow. Great guy. It is difficult to do this when your team has just lost. I can say I know <laughs> so well this season. Um, Anthony says, good weekend of football. Thoughts on the Manchester derby? Do you know, I actually went on our prediction show for a Manchester City win. I thought it was going to be easy. And then I started to look at it and think, well, maybe, you know, it is a derby. Man United, you know, do seem to always win the derby at um, at, at City, whether that's Main Road as it was or as the stadium it now is. Um, what happened? They, they, they capitulated. They were absolutely rubbish. Now, you know, I've said this. Manchester United are a huge club. Um the problem with Manchester United is some of their fans are so young they don't remember pre Alex Ferguson. Pre Alex Ferguson, they were very much no better than Chelsea, no better than Tottenham at the sorry, no better than Arsenal, no disrespect to Anthony this season, and no better than uh, Tottenham. They won the odd cup here and there. Uh, but after Busby, you know, that, that was a long gap between Busby and Ferguson coming in. Um, and there were there weren't anything special. But of course, Ferguson came in a couple of years to turn things around, and my God, were they a good club? Was he an absolutely amazing manager? You know, you can only be judged by what you won, and my god, they are probably have to build an extension just for the trophy cabinet. But they want to get back to that. And they can't, you know, this sort of, well, you know, we won it 14 times or whatever. We should be winning it. It doesn't work like that. You know, before you had Ferguson, Liverpool were the big team. Before Liverpool, it was kind of Leeds. And it doesn't, you know, look how long it took. Well, look how long it's taken Leeds to get back up here. Look how long, 30 years it took um, uh, 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 Liverpool to, to win the top flight again. We won it before they did. So... I think Man United, they've got a problem. I think it goes deeper than just the manager. Um, you know, when you're a club like Manchester United, with the history that I've just said, they should be able to go out and get the manager they want. Leicester did it. We did it with um, Brendan Rodgers. As far as I understand it, you know, we, we insisted on him coming down early, so he'd got those 10 games. So why? Why can't Man United do it? You know, managers will be looking at that club and going, God, that's Man United. I want to manage that club. And, you know, I'm sorry, you know, Man United, you'll, you'll pay 80 million for Maguire 
and you probably won't pay off a 20 million buyout clause for the manager you want. And I just I just think it's it, it's bad. I mean, Ralph's come in and you can when a new and I was just saying literally then, and time will tell that when you when you've got a new manager come in, for him to be a success, he has got to do better than the manager he's replaced. And and it's hard when you've got a manager that keeps winning it all the time. Like, who the hell wants to be, you know, I don't want to, be, I wouldn't want to be the guy that follows Pepin, just as I'm sure David Moyes would have preferred to be the manager after the manager that followed Sir Alex in. But I just, I just don't know that they are any better. I really don't. Uh, thank you, Anthony. I just don't see that they've got rid of Ollie. Ralph's come in, who is apparently this great tactical manager, and he's going to be their director of football. He's that good. Doesn't look it to me. Doesn't look it to me at all. And I know derbies aren't what they used to be. They're not. We know. And I said this when we played uh, Nottingham Forest in the Cup. We've got a lot of foreign players these days. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. But how many Leicester players, when we went out to play Nottingham Forest in the Cup, knew what that really meant to us? Brendan Rodgers possibly didn't. You may have read about it. Uh, Harvey Barnes, possibly. Um, Luke Thomas, definitely. Kieran Dewsbury Hall, definitely. Past that, and a couple of them didn't play. Past that, so what does what does Tillemans know? You know, what does Indeedy know about Leicester Nottingham Forest? Because we haven't played them for so long. But the the, the derbies, if you can't get up for a derby, and that's what was so annoying about that performance, and that's why the Leicester fans went mad. Yes, we lost to Nottingham Forest, which, let's be honest with you, it's not nice. But it's the manner in which we lost, and. You know, I, I saw somebody there saying, you know, what can what can you do with the Manchester United players to improve them? I think I was like, sack them and let them go. Because with that, with that squad that Manchester United have got, they should be doing better than where they are now. You know, uh, they're below a, a, a club, the, the, you know, um, Anthony, where, you know, you don't want the manager in. And yet you're above, you're above them. Um, it isn't it, obviously. I think you look at it and you can't say that everything that's gone on at Man United was Ollie's fault. Because if Ragnick doesn't get Wreckit Ralph doesn't get top four this season, because that's what Ollie's got you the last couple of seasons top four, second, or I believe Ollie was at one point. Uh, I think he might have finished the season in second. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know Man United stats. Got you to a Europa final. Uh, a goalkeeper taking the penalty away from 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 staying, you know, having another chance at uh, winning it. Um, it. They are in. They are in a mess. They are in the mess. Um, and it's funny. I'm sorry. I am sorry. But as Leicester fans, as Leeds fans. Everton for Newcastle fans. When you look at, and I know you, you know, you didn't craze um, coin the phrase top six. It was the Sky thing, and I'm sure Sky is still licking, you know, City and United's asses over the fact that they were able to do the um, 
do the thank you, Anthony. Yes, yeah, Oli did get Man United second. So if you know if they get this guy doesn't do that, he's worse than Oli. Let's be honest. Um, the other problem, I tell you what, just to, to stick on it with Man United is Alex Ferguson. He's like the Grim Reaper. He's there, and he's like Andy Murray's mum. Always there, always in the background, lurking, lurking, just looking. You know, maybe Ollie didn't want um, Ronaldo. He's not really made a lot of impression on the team, has he? But Alex Ferguson couldn't allow his favourite player to go to um, to Man City. Hello, Rennie. How the devil are you too? I'm okay, thank you. Uh, and there's just so much wrong there. Scott, we'll leave it with this one. Um, do I say we should play? I've said this from the start. You know, we finished what the Watford game the previous round, and I have to say, by beating Watford and then going out to Arsenal, we are no longer well, we're not the latest club to as holders to have been knocked out in the third round. That's a certain oh, Arsenal. Um, but he ended up against Watford the season before, and sorry, the week in the round before. Sorry, the round before. Uh, this gin's going down amazing, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'd have an intravenous drip if I if I could. Um, but no, seriously, we finished that Watford game. I think it was five or six under twenty three because of there's so many players out with COVID, and they beat. All right, it was Watford, but a Premiership team for one. We dropped those players and we put in the so-called big names that don't know the history and what have you. And, you know, it basically was of our first team uh, by then. And we lost 4-1. I'll leave it with that. I'll leave it with that. Anthony, uh, I'm not keen on Arteta, but if he gets us fourth, then he's done well, and I'll be leaning more to Arteta in. You see, again, if he gets you fourth, <laughs> well, from where you were last season, you you know, the board, whether you like the Cronkies or not, they've stuck with him. And I'm going to start sounding like St Stephen now because I'm getting Arsenal to take over the channel. But <laughs> he's not even on. Um you know, Stephen said earlier, apparently, that he'd sooner the team finish outside the top four so that they sack Arteta. I, I, I just, I, I don't know if that's true. If it is, I, it just doesn't compute for me. He's entitled to his opinion. Of course he is. It's his club. It's not mine. But that just does not compute for me. Look, I'm going to go because we're going to be back at nine o'clock. It is, it's a sloppy seconds night again tonight. And we've got this. Oh, yes. Are you ready for this? Oh, that was the wrong music. <laughs> we have got... Oh, shut up. We have got Clowning Craig against Dangerous Dan. It is the Big Fat Football Quiz 2, and that is coming up live at 9 o'clock. Craig, the defending champion. Will Craig be... The first person to hold on to the crown for more than a week as champion. The questions are ready to go. The contestants are ready to go. As you know, the big fat football quiz, I'm the big fat bit of it. Football quiz, well, that's a little bit of a tenuous link. Um, four rounds of totally irrelevant, irreverent, irreverent 
footballing questions. Uh, round one is what does a Scotsman do? Um, holds his kilt down in the wind, probably. Round two is I wouldn't be seen dead in that. That's probably what you can guess that one. Round three is just do it. And round four, what's in a name, which is a really difficult round. So that's Craig. That's Dan. They'll have the notepad and paper ready to go. Nine o'clock. If you've watched this, thank you so much. It's nice to be able to do a post-match show. <laughs> We're talking about Leicester winning. It's been a long time. You know, well, I say it's a week, but you know, it's not had, we've not had many of these this season. Are we back? Is this, and we've said this before, when we beat Man United, when we beat Liverpool, is this the turning point for our season? We've had a few false dawns, haven't we? Anyway, thank you very much for watching. Please, like I say, if you haven't done already, like the video. It does help the channel. Subscribe, that helps us even more. And we really do appreciate your subscriptions. If you don't want to be notified, you can turn those off so you're not being bothered every time I come on. But the main thing is, please, please, please subscribe uh, and help us uh, uh, get those, those numbers up. And if you're listening back on podcast, again, you know what I say. It blows my mind, you know, <laughs> over 20,000 downloads on the podcast platforms unbelievable i will see you at nine thank you very much guys thanks to everybody anthony um connor uh, um, scott everybody else that's been in the chat thank you so much dorco Rennie at the end there i can't remember anybody else but thank you for coming in and joining in with us try and get back at nine o'clock because if it's nothing else it's a laugh this quiz stay safe hey don't do anything i wouldn't enjoy Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. 
Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Uh, participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.